0: So um, I've been married for a little while now, and um, I am so happy to say that my marriage has just gotten better and better as the years have gone by, um, primarily because I learned from my mistakes. Right? Um, when we were when we were first first married, I was in the kitchen doing something, and I think I may have told this story before, but um, and we're Gail and I are just chit-chatting back and forth, and she's like, you know what? I think I'm gonna try that slim fast stuff. I feel like I. Want to lose five pounds? I'm like, that's great. Why not ten? And um, (laughs) I was um, I was trying to be encouraging, like a coach, like you know, go for it, you can get it. And the room got really, really cold. Like I was standing in front of a stove, I think, and it still got really, really cold. And some time went by, and I've you know, finally, my thick-headedness picked up on something being amiss, and I said, did that upset you? I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't mean I was trying to be encouraging. Did I screw that one up? And so we, we talked about it, and we were able to, to move on from there. I, I did hurt my wife's feelings, and I, was, I asked for her forgiveness, and, and we moved on, right? So, um, so that's one way that, you know, kind of people can disagree with each other. Um, another way is just in like the things that we hold important or the things that we believe in. Um, my son and I have a lot in common. My older son Jake and I have a lot in common. Politics is not necessarily one of those things that we have in common. Um, and he he holds his political views very strongly. Um, I'm, I'm not apolitical, but I don't hold, you know, I'm not like a, a politics kind of guy. So um, those discussions are ones where um, it, I'm really trying to work hard to to learn something from the other side of the of the equation and to, and to figure out you know what in me could be could be altered could I learn could I grow at the same time trying to help him see see a bigger picture. So chances are over the course of the last couple of days you've talked to somebody and as a result chances are that you've had a disagreement. That's what Part of the the human existence is, is disagreeing. We disagree on things like religion, sex, politics, time, money, technology, family. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. Another time we get into disagreements is when somebody hurts us or hurts somebody we care about or we hurt somebody. And those things have been happening since Adam and Eve took a bite of the fruit in the garden. They happened in Jesus's day, and they still, they still happen in our day. Um, and it just seems like they're getting, these gaps are just getting bigger and, and becoming more noticeable. I wanna put a quote up for you um, some, some research guys did. Jeremy, can you put, put up the Pew Research quote? There we go. Um, so this, uh, just how polarized are we as a country? The Pew Research Center revealed last week that Democrats and Republicans don't have many friends of the opposite party. According to a new poll, 64% of Democrats and 55% of Republicans have just a few or zero close friends from across the political aisle, and that number has been declining. As CNN reported, the number of Democrats and Republicans who saw the opposing party as very unfavorable has more than doubled from 16 and 17% respectively in 1994 to a broader 44% and 45% today, the survey found. The survey was completed in fall of 2017. So whatever whatever it is, if it's, if it's a gap in understanding, if it's a difference of opinion, if it's just a general disagreement, none of that changes the job of the church or us as followers of Christ. As a matter of fact, it only emphasizes the job of the church. and makes the job of the church that much more important. Especially what we feel like God is telling us to do here at Crossroads. Right, we've been talking about our vision of everyone counts. Everyone counts so much so that we wanna see as many people as possible introduced to and come to know who Jesus Christ is. And the way we wanna do that is by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, first and foremost and for everything. We look up to him and then we lean in to each other for challenge and encouragement and support. And then we reach out to those who are poor in spirit or poor in resources who might not be in this room right now, who probably aren't here in this room right now. You guys, that is such a loaded, a loaded proposition for us, right? If we are real about that, if we really try to live that out, as we lean in to each other, we're gonna realize that we don't disagree on everything, or we don't agree on everything. And as we reach out and invite people in, that level of disagreement has the potential to increase. The way the church, the way we, Jeremy, you can put that next quote up the way we as individuals disagree will either draw Jesus, people to Jesus or repel them. Let me say that one more time. How the church disagrees can either draw people to Jesus or repel them. And it's the Holy Spirit who does the work, but sometimes followers of Jesus get in the way of the Holy Spirit's work and the way they handle stuff. And disagreements can be one of them, whether it's in here amongst ourselves or it's in our family, like I was talking about, or it's at our jobs or in our classrooms. we, we need to look to Jesus and see how he, he handled disagreements. So Jesus being Jesus was right 100% of the time. And people still disagreed with him. He knew he was right and he knew they were wrong. And even, even if anybody in the, all of history had the opportunity, the right to just like, nope, you're wrong, dumb, Nope. You you have no idea what you're talking about. Jesus didn't do that. He had hard conversations with people. And he spoke the truth and love with grace and mercy. So if we as humans who if even at best at best, I'll give you 60/40 that we're right. The smartest most witty, sharpest, on-point person. How much more are we going to need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus to make sure that we, we disagree well? Fortunately, um, Jesus lived it and he taught it and the scripture is full of, of instruction and guidance and examples of how to do this well. Um, you got a piece of paper when you came in. It has 59 verses on it. We're gonna go through every one of them. Word, no. Those verses are sometimes referred to as the one another verses. There's 59 of them and they're found in the New Testament and they give guidance and direction on how we're supposed to relate to each other and to other people. What I did was I broke them down and I, I looked for trends in them, right? The three most common, first one, My paraphrase, don't be jerks to one another. That occurs five times in the New Testament. The next one that occurred most frequently is encourage one another seven times. The most frequent one is love one another. And we're gonna dive into each one of those just a little bit and see what the scripture has to say about how we handle disagreements with those those verses. So the first one, we're going to look at a verse from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 15. Jeff, if we could put that one up. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. That's pretty harsh. That's Paul talking to the people of Galatia about how they, how they interact with each other. Bite and devour. Um... So, like I said, if you've had conversations over the last couple days, you've probably been in a disagreement. Chances are you've probably also been in a conversation where somebody's getting torn up. Either you're doing the tearing up or somebody else is doing the tearing up. And there is, um, I've yet to find a biblical rationale for, for tearing, tearing somebody up. Right, it just—it's not there. It's not in Jesus' example. It's not in his teaching. It's not—it's not in his direction. How we how we use our words is just so so critical, um, not only for each other, but for how the world views Jesus and and his church. So, as we think about the di- kinds of dis- disagreements that I outlined, so somebody somebody. Hurt you or hurt somebody you, you care about. That might be, that might be the, the reason why you're in a conversation and you're tearing them up, or whoever the other person is tearing them up. And that's not okay, right? It's not okay that somebody hurts you. But tearing them up doesn't make it better. Going to them directly makes it better. Really, really hard. It's hard to do, you guys. Somebody, somebody hurts you and you call them on it. I mean, I've had those conversations. I've been a part of those conversations on both sides. And it's, it's really hard to do. So when you go to that person, uh, here's just a couple of super practical suggestions. If you've had any kind of like corporate social skills training, some of this might sound a little bit familiar, or if you've read the New Testament, some of it might sound a little familiar. Um, You go to somebody, stay away from overarching words, like always and never. You always let me down. You never do what you say you're gonna do. Stay away from those phrases. Try and be really specific. Don't bring up your junk from seven years ago. Be really specific and say, when you did X, it made me feel Y. And then let the conversation go from there. Really, really practical. Um, so the other part of that, right, that's when, when we do something. what about a disagreement over, over an opinion or something that you feel really strongly about, something that's really, really important? What do you do, um, how, do you, how do you handle that? Same thing, right? These are taken right from Matthew 18. You go to the person and you talk to them. And as I was as I was preparing to to um, to discuss this this morning, I was doing some research and I found a conversation between three men, widely respected Christian speakers, authors, and they're kind of they're out there in the public eye, so they get you know their beliefs get attacked and assaulted and and they have ongoing conversations. So I really respect and value um, Matt Chandler, Tim Keller, and the the input that they had about about this topic. So they said, if you're gonna go to somebody and have a conversation about something they believe, you need to make sure that you can state their position as well as that person could before you approach them. You need to earn the right to engage in that conversation. Like so much so, that after you kind of say, hey, I wanna have a conversation with you about X, and you explain what you view their position to be, and if after the end of that they say, you know what, that's as good as I could have stated that. You've you've done your part, right? You've earned the right to share with them what you think about their position and, and where they're at. Does that make sense? All right, so, The keys to both of those is going to the person directly. Sometimes that works on the first try, and it's great. If it doesn't work, you grab somebody else. You grab a mutual trusted friend, and you make another attempt at having that conversation. And you bring them in and let that third party kind of try to help facilitate things. And then if that still doesn't work, then you come to me or one of the other elders or church leaders and say, we could use some help. Would you be willing to have this conversation with us? And we, and we talk through it, we talk through it together. Super important that we do not bite and devour each other, but instead, each one of those things is an opportunity to learn and to grow, whether it's more being more Christ-like in how we use our words and how we treat each other. Right? So my paraphrase again, don't be jerks to each other. Second one, 1 uh, Thessalonians, 511, is that right? Jared, could you put that one up? Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So as I mentioned when we started, as we lean into each other, we're gonna realize that there are people sitting within arm's reach of us right now who could have very, very different opinions than than us. And um, people are gonna come through those doors that we're gonna have very, very different opinions from. And this is, a, this is about getting rid of I'm right, and I, I know I'm right, so i got to fight for me to be right. And it's about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and trying to come to the truth. Whether the truth of the matter is you hurt me and we need to figure out how to move on from here, or the truth of the matter is you believe this, I believe that. Let's talk about it. In the midst of that disagreement, try to, your, our goal should be to try to move each other closer to Jesus. And this is, I, when I first started doing youth ministry, um, we did service trips and mission trips. And there's still guys, they're, Scruff is wearing his Philly shirt. Um, they're still doing it today. And one of the things that we would do in these trips, and I don't know what they call them now, I'm sure there's some version of it but they're called happy fun notes, right? And everybody would make a bag, and I kept mine for the first trip we did. I kept it for a really long time. Um, oh, man, sorry. I, I have actually a prop left in my bag. Um, but I couldn't find the bag. But it, the, the bag would get hung up on like a clothesline, and throughout the course of the day, you're supposed to leave each other notes when you, when you see somebody doing something Jesus-y. Or reaching out to somebody you leave them a note and say hey that was awesome that was so cool that you did that and it makes perfect sense when you go on a service trip when you go on a mission trip you are putting yourself in the crosshairs you are not at home you're working hard you're it's usually hot because you're it's a summer trip the probability of there being disagreements and stress just grows and the idea that trying to encourage somebody in the midst of that, that's just huge. We did a trip. What I was going to show you, Jared, put the red triangles up. Um, these I actually held on to. This is a trip that we did way back when. It might even be the trip that the picture of Fat Tom is circulating around. Um, if you're not on Instagram, I'm sorry. That somebody, We posted pictures throughout the 25 years of our being together. And I was, used to be half the man that I am now. Um, Or, I'm half the man now that I was. (laughs) Anyway, all that to say, it was from a winter trip, and on that winter trip, I had all the students and all the leaders, I printed out and cut out, actually, I think Lynn printed them, and I cut them out, I think it was 400 of these red triangles. So each kid could write a note of encouragement to every other kid on the trip, and I held on to mine. And there are just things like, Tom, thanks for being patient. I can't believe you're still hanging with us. We're a bunch of knuckleheads, kind of thing. Um, and some of them were more serious, like, you know, it's so meaningful that you would spend time with us. And I, obviously, this is 15 years later, and I still have those little red triangles, right? We were gonna be away from home. Some, some of those students were away from home for the first time. The possibility for disagreement is raised so I wanted to draw people into each other and help each other move closer to Jesus. And um, after this trip, I started having Gail proofread everything because the reference written on those triangles is wrong. It, there, there is no First Thessalonians 5.28, I don't think. It should be First Thessalonians 5.11. Don't bite and devour each other. Encourage one another, the last one love one another. It's the most common in that list, 17 times of the 59. Um, in First uh, Peter 4, can you put that one up, Jer? Got it? Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So when it says love covers a multitude of sins, it doesn't mean we just gloss over things and we cover them up and pretend like they didn't happen. The original language of love covers a multitude of sins is all about about forgiveness. If anybody in the course of human history had a right to be offended or upset or hold a grudge, it was Jesus, but he didn't. He He taught perfect forgiveness when his disciples asked him, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven? He said no. He said 70 times seven. In biblical terms, those are perfect numbers. It's not literally you forgive somebody 490 times and then you move on. It's perfect, right? You forgive until the forgiveness is no longer necessary. And I know that's asking a lot because Some of us have been hurt in really horrible ways. And I'm not telling you you have to be BFFs with the person that hurt you. I'm telling you to come before God and ask the Holy Spirit to work in your heart to forgive that other person. And if you need to talk to somebody, if you need to talk to a counselor to help work through that stuff, do it. A good biblical counselor can make a huge difference. It did for me. Um, Love covers a multitude of sins. We leave them behind and we move on. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, being tortured, being killed, what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Jesus did that as an example for us. Jesus didn't come because he agreed with all of us. He came because we were doing everything wrong. And he had to step in. I want us to be the church that God is calling us to be. I want us to be a picture of love and encouragement in a world that's full of hate and despair. And if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and if we lean in for support and challenge and encouragement, the Holy Spirit working in us will develop in us the ability to disagree well and to set an example for the world that people would be drawn to. And if we do that, Crossroads is gonna more than double in size. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that um, you saw our flaws and you saw the ways that we hurt you and you saw the things that we did wrong and you stepped into it and you forgave us you, you offer us forgiveness so we could be restored to you. And you set that example for us. We could forgive each other and we could move forward together seeking to glorify you and to grow your kingdom. Lord Jesus, may we be the kind of people that disagree well. May we be the kind of people that build each other up and that love one another well. In Jesus' name, amen.